gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. Hello, everyone. I'm Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. And today we're going to be talking data. Data is changing a lot. You know, the way that we, ads can be run, what's collected, what can be used and stuff. And we've seen this happen over the last few years and it's continuing to happen. You know, Apple has made, you know, significant changes to what like, think, you know, can be collected on Facebook, the kind of ads you can run and stuff. You know, Facebook has pulled back a lot of the options we used to have and such. So it's been really a transition and there's more going on. The cookie-less world is, you know, approaching where, you know, we're not going to be able to use those anymore. Yeah, there's just a ton. So we've, you know, for this episode, we've got Chris Matty of Versium. He's an expert in data, okay? Chris is not your, you know, he's not an agency owner. We've got someone that understands what's going on in this world and this data, you know, and the changes that are happening and such. Chris, it's great to have you on. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and your company. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Cash. Uh, yes, I'm with Versium. Uh, Versium's a 12-year-old company. I started it about 12 years ago, and we are a data technology company. And what that really means is we help brands and agencies optimize and utilize data in the most effective manner. So when they're on their journey, their marketing journey, they can be truly data-driven. Uh, and as you mentioned, with the cookies going away, there's a lot happening with privacy. There's a lot happening. And as, as I'm sure everybody uh, who's watching this call knows, you know, effective marketing is underpinned by data. And so we deploy a suite of data tools that help agencies and marketers get the maximum value from data. So before we like dive into some of these things, you know, like what's from your perspective, like, I guess, give the audience a rundown of a number of the things that are happening yeah, you know, that uh, changes that have already taken place, but also some stuff that's coming up because not everybody's keeping track of what's going on. Yeah, well, you know, the first thing I'm sure people have been hearing about for years now is the shift away from cookies. Third-party cookies are going away, uh, and you know that's a that's a a very interesting, frankly, self-serving initiative for the big guys, for the Facebooks, the Googles the large companies that frankly don't need third-party cookies. And a lot of that has occurred, in my opinion, under the guise of privacy, but in fact has a, a more negative impact because that means that brands, publishers, and others are in fact going to have to collect more first-party or personal data mm -hmm. to replace the effective targeting that was taking place by those large companies because they, they just simply don't need it. So that's the first thing that uh, big changes are happening. Uh, we can get in more into what the end result is there. The second is the evolving you know, privacy climate. There's a lot happening in that uh, in that direction as well. And it's a bit of a fluid uh, situation, but it's going to have dramatic impacts on companies that are looking to target uh, their end ideal customer, as well as publishers who are looking to harvest the value of the Internet from the standpoint of their content and how advertisers, advertisers can use those mediums to effectively reach their target audience. Okay, so, you know, obviously there's a number of things and trying to keep up with it. Yeah, it's, you know, because everything is in the name of privacy. I'm I'm personally of the opinion, if you're going to show me an ad anyway, I mean, I would prefer to just, you know, get something relevant. <laughs> you know, they say we, we all get shown ads. I mean, you can put ad blockers on and stuff like that. But 
it's hard to knock all of it out. You know, and it's funny, like say as a marketer, I have to actually leave my stuff on because I need to see what people are doing. It helps for inspiration, get ideas and stuff of campaigns we might be able to run and such. So it's like, so I want the stuff to be tailored, in, you know, uh, to my tastes as much as possible. So, you know, but you've got to, you know, there's a ton that is happening right now. Sure. Let's start, you know, let's get into defining what first party data is because, you know, you've got, and I guess go into a little bit of the differences on how certain things work. So, you know, when you're collecting first party data, how is that being done? How is it, you know, how are we going about it so that you have it? And then kind of the difference between uh, like first party versus like, you know, getting it from a third party or even, you know, how cookies went about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, data is generated in you know immense amount of ways. I mean, in our connected world, every action or activity creates some flow of data. Uh, really, first party data is the first party to gather or touch or gather the data. And so think of it as if a brand is interacting with a customer on their website and someone fills out a form, that's first party gathered. They're the first party to interact to gather that data. Oftentimes data, you know, in privacy and when, when data is generated, um, the, the policy is that that data can be used, resold, and if it's sold or moved to somebody else, then it becomes the person who receives it is ne not necessarily the first party who gathered the data. That's really the definition of first party data. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that kind of collection is going to be continue to go on, but how are we, now, how do you end up enhancing it though? Because we're going to become more reliant on that, you know, than ever before. So, you know, what are we, you know, what do you end up doing? Yeah. So, you know, the, the Facebooks of the world, the reason they grew to such tremendous value is that they could deliver rich insights for targeting for advertisers because they, they know so much about their Facebook users, yeah. the people who have Facebook profiles, they know their age, their gender, they know, they know the demographics and therefore advertisers can target people with particular interests and so forth. Um, as the broader, you know, that, if you think pre, pre that, you know, 70% of all advertising goes through Google and Facebook. Yeah. Prior to those big behemoth kind of monopolistic platforms, most of the advertising happened on all these other web uh, publishers. And, and uh, the content of either the, the medium that there's, that they're, you know, the content of their website provided the targeting or third party data enrichment of demographics provided that via third party cookies. And with third-party cookies going away, it's going to mean that the broader internet targeting as achieved through those independent publishers is going to diminish. And what is that going to do? It's going to put more advertisers needing to go into the Googles and Facebooks of the world where they can get that targeting. And that is really going to, and it, again, under the guise of privacy from cookies, which really privacy is going to become more significant because these brands are, and publishers are going to have to gather that much more first-party data, meaning they're going to have to put gates in there to gather emails, addresses, and phones, which means people are going to have to divulge more of that. The other impact you're going to see is that as more emphasis or advertisers need to go to the Googles and Facebooks, and we're already seeing this, the cost of that advertising is going to go up for brands because now more supply and demand economics, right? More people trying to get to that specific targeting that you can get in from a Google or Facebook compete for the ad dollars or the, uh, the medium, you're going to see the ad. We're already seeing CPMs increase. So little publishers, um, independents are going to really have challenges. Brands are going to take the impact through increased costs. And it also then, of course, is, is putting a re-emphasis on first-party data gathered by the brands themselves. 
Yeah, because so we're going to have to do more things that involve getting that data from people. For example, you know, businesses are going to need, you know, it's kind of like if you enhance your email newsletters, you know, you you start investing and in getting more signups and stuff because you need those people to submit directly to you, you know, to be able to do things, you know, if through coupon offers or something, you know, but the idea is you got to get more people that you're getting that data from. So Facebook and, you know, in the case of Facebook, they're already getting, you know, all of the data. And so, and same with every other social media platform. I don't know. What else do they do to enhance their gathering? And then how do they apply it? Because they, they're already restricting what can be used from it. Like they're still collecting the data. And if you're advertising through Facebook, you're basing it on all the data that they've actually collected, but then they're pulling back what actually can be used. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. If you think about, I mean, there's some goodness from all this, right? You know, as the emphasis comes back to first party data and brands gathering that data, as well as publishers, and then being able to enrich it with demographics and then create their own audiences that they want to target and activate versus going to a Facebook and saying, all right, I want to target people with these characteristics. Well, if you're activating your first party data and Google, Facebook, and other platforms will allow you to upload your own list of first party data and target just those people. The good news is if you are targeting known people because you've been good at gathering your first party data, you're not putting ads in front of bots. You know, a crazy stat for your audience, 40 to 60% of all internet traffic is computer generated. <laughs> that means bot traffic, sometimes yeah. for various reasons, Sometimes for indexing reasons, they're not, you know, not bad reasons. Yeah. But, you know, if you were back in 2017, Procter & Gamble did an analysis and they shut down 200 million of media spend because they found that their ad dollars are not even reaching the right people in these black boxes. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but they're not even reaching people at all. Think of that, $100 million yeah. wasted on impressions on, on computers. So hmm. as we put emphasis back to first party data, you can eliminate okay. that problem. You can com you can command your own targeting and and not only that instead of going to a Facebook doing whatever they're doing in their black box, you can upload your audience to Facebook, target known specific people, specific characteristics, take that same audience because you own it, upload it into Google, reinforce your message, right? So so there are some good things if you become you know experts in all these tools as you start taking back control versus via um, the first party data. Yeah, but the so it's great for big brands, but what do smaller businesses end up doing? Because they're not going to be able to gather that kind of, you know, information and such. You know, like, you know, I I see problems on their end, and that's you know a ton of advertisers obviously that spend you know money on different platforms, whether it's Google or Facebook, but they rely on the data that's you know the options that are provided by the platforms themselves. Yeah, I think there are two things there. I think um, really. They're going to need, hopefully, the, the broader publisher networks that are not part of the Googles and Facebooks, not probably, but they're going yeah. to have to build their own targeting mechanisms um, to be able to deliver some of the similar benefits. And the, and the small and mid-sized brands that don't have the big media budgets to gather their own data to activate can tap into those broader networks. Everyone's going to get hit with the cost increase as, sure. as the monopolistic entities get bigger. Uh, and the other thing is there are tools that are evolving for the smaller advertisers to leverage some of these things that provide insights, provide uh, audiences that can be activated, things of that nature, and where they're empowering the independent, smaller guys with these types of tools, where they, the smaller guys become 
frankly, their own data experts or they gather data expertise or the benefits of it from, from these types of tools. Go for a second into the types of tools that can be used. Yeah, for them. Yeah, like, because for smaller advertisers, they're not going to have, I know they're not going to have the time, you know, they're going to be reliant probably upon agencies of some sort. You know, they're going to need somebody, you know, that they can tap into, you know, for doing that. That's the thing is like, how would it work? You know, I can totally understand how a big brand's going to handle it, but how is a smaller, you know, business going to handle it? You know, if they're going to run Google or Facebook ads, like programmatic, when we run those kinds of ads, you know, you're already relying upon these other sources, kind of like what you're talking about, where they've got to put it, put it together, things like Trade Desk and stuff that, you know, build, you know, they've got their different sources to do that data. Okay, but, you know, I just, I see such a difficulty for small businesses. So what kind of sources are they going to be able to tap into, you know, to overcome this hurdle? So if you look at, let's take a, a small regional business, maybe it's a, a regional jewelry shop or something of that sort that wants to target high net worth people, right. people that have the ability to spend on jewelry. Maybe they want to target uh, women. So there's a few demographic characteristics okay. that they want to target. So the ability to do demographic data enrichment insights to be able to take a population of people in a region and be able to identify folks that have those specific characteristics and then be able to activate that audience in different environments where these impressions can reside, whether it's mm -hmm. whether it is uploading into Facebook and Google, and you're not you're, you're basically saying, hey, target these people versus relying on them to define who's high net worth, but where you know confidently that you're reaching people with the characteristics that you're looking to target. You know, there that's an example of a very simple tool, a demographic insights enrichment append. And but that's exactly the type of thing we work with agencies on is to do these types of things at scale for their small and mid-sized companies. Um, and then if you start getting into, well, we can get into some of the ways that, you know, you, you use things like CDP technologies to centralize data. That's probably more for larger scale guys. But even some of those solutions are, are coming up with, uh, some of those platforms are coming up with smaller solutions that give some of these benefits at much lower costs. So... They end up using a platform similar to yours or, or another platform with the idea that from there they can get the first party data that they need. So they're not having to worry about collecting it. They need to partner with some sort of a platform that is actually collecting that data. Yeah. And so there are um, sources of data where you can construct an audience of new targets, of targets meaning people that have certain yeah. characteristics where that data is contained, where it's been, uh, there's been consent to market to those people. Okay. So that, so that it in effect acts as a first party data, uh, data activation. Um, and, and they can now construct very specific audience audiences that have been filtered for a variety of characteristics. So instead of relying on the big black box ad platforms, you're relying on other entities to deliver the same type of targeting. And the benefit there often is if you've got a specific audience of people that you know have particular characteristics and you upload it into broad, the broader digital, you can actually take advantage of lower CPM costs because you're not using the same targeting that everybody's bidding on. And so right. you end up having a lower CPM cost, but you end up targeting very specifically because the targeting is occurring within your own first party environment or within your own activation. So instead of relying on 
the high net worth population within Facebook that everybody's going after or Google. You're saying, all right, give me a group of high net worth people and let's market to them specifically within broader digital and you get that benefit of a lower CPM because you're not you're creating your own audience versus bidding against it uh, where everybody else is. Okay, so you're you're going into these platforms. You're using the platform which has collected all your data, all the you know they've basically got you know all the people you need within. Why would anybody opt into such a thing? I mean, like where are they getting it? I guess you know so that you because you say that this is a group of people that have opted in. They're you know from the targeting standpoint. Yeah, you know, so, it, they're mean, not telling me who they are, obviously. Yeah, I think when when you know you kind of goes back to something you said at the very beginning. The internet is a tremendously powerful thing. I'll just call it a thing. It's huge. It's yeah. everything. Huge value, right? Great content, um, free. Amount of think of the amount of education, learning, knowledge. I mean, my son oh, yeah. built his own graphical computer just by watching YouTube. The reason all that wealth of knowledge and information is there is that and at no cost is because there are there's ad dollars. And so I think it depends who you are. I mean. You said it right, right? Do I mind if someone gathers some information because they want to target things I like? I yeah. don't particularly care. That means I'm going to get ads and and get benefit there, right? So, you know, throughout this, there is a you know, if you look at what happened in Europe with GDPR with privacy, every time you go to a website, something pops up says we're gathering your information, we're going to use your yeah. information for targeting, and we're going to you know, we may sell it to third parties and. That's the benefit, you know, if they want to be very blunt about it, and sometimes it's done more sly, is that's the benefit okay. of why you're going to get this great stuff that I'm delivering, how to use so, computers or what have you, right? Yeah, so it's coming in, so you visit a website, you get the message down below, and it says, you know, do you accept? Yeah. You know, so they've tell, told you this, you hit the accept button, now you're, you know, you're part of the audience, essentially. Yeah, and you can say you don't accept, and, and you have the, you know, there's, there's that right of the consumer to, yeah. to have that choice. You know, I think it's evolving. I think that, you know, it, you know, you have to be able to, this has to evolve because otherwise what you're going to end up with is the only way you're going to see content online is if you pay for it and it's going to become expensive. And so yeah, I think as, right. as the, you know, if you talk to the younger population, they're less sensitive than the older population, right? Because they realize it's all out there. It's a benefit. It just seems to be a lot less sensitivity. Right. Um, yeah. So. Huh. Okay, so that makes sense. So let's go down the, the rabbit hole, as it were, a little bit. So I hit accept, yeah, on that. Now, I've consented to them, but not necessarily everybody else, right? You know, like, and I mean, I probably hit, I don't know how many times I've hit the accept button, because partly is, you know, if I see an X, I'll just exit, which I don't know that I've accepted or declined. I'm just getting rid of the you know, the box that popped up in front of me. You know, but if you hit the accept, so now it's going to one of these kinds of platforms, you know, saying, hey, these people have said it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it all depends on what you accepted. You know, I don't think yeah. nobody's reading the fine print in all no. of these environments. And just like there's fine print everywhere, thanks to our legal system, you know, yeah, these sure. days. But, um, you know, I think sometimes people, re what, does everybody know what they're consenting to? You know, is there a variation of what consent yeah. is? I mean, this whole landscape is evolving. What's in the public domain versus not, you know, is a first and a last name really, um, is that is that PII? I mean, because John Smith, there's a million John Smiths. That's not, yeah. that's private, right? Because there's mm -hmm. no, I mean, if it's a unique name, maybe so. So there's all sorts of gradients of this. And I think we're, 
we're really in you know the first third of the journey i think as this is evolving um and you know we'll see how it all pans out but you know we're very you know, we monitor it very closely in terms of what the rules and guidelines are you know we're here to help our advertisers our brands you know benefit as much as possible so yeah so we're collecting so it can be as simple for for collection purposes as opting in saying yeah i'm okay with you know you because it's not like you're entering a bunch of personal information and stuff they're just you know they're basically tracking your habits and stuff. Now, and, and you actually just really said something very important they're just monitoring so the, the browser you know if you're going to a car site an antique car site. Yeah. Advertiser and the publisher of that car site knows you're interested in antique cars, right? There's some targeting right. there. They maybe say, oh, you probably are of a certain age, certain demographic profile. And that's how targeting used to be. You know, all the cookie does is track for, you know, on average 90 days, all of the pages that the browser sees. So now yeah. the intelligence transcends beyond one single site to all browsing activity. But it's, and, and, and as, Third parties cook, and, and what happens is you can create audiences based upon that insight through third party yeah. cookies. And that's how small independent publishers have been able to provide really rich targeting beyond the uniqueness of maybe their own content. Sure. And, and so that's the value of third party cookies. Now, under the guise of privacy, third party cookies are going away. Well, what's that going to do? It's going to eliminate that targeting of these independent publishers and put that, and it's really, it's not. It's under the guise of privacy that the Googles are going to get the benefit by shutting down third-party cookies, which is why it's debatable whether it will ever happen because of antitrust, frankly. So um, that's kind of what's happening. And what's going to happen, now think about it. So what, what you're going to need to do now as a publisher or as an independent brand is gather true PII, meaning emails, addresses, and phone numbers, so that you can take those first-party data elements and enrich them with demographic characteristics like age and income level so that you can provide the targeting to compete with the Googles. So in fact, this cookie-less elimination of third-party cookies under the guise of privacy is gonna create bigger privacy concerns because people are gonna to have to volunteer that information because the publishers and brands will require it because it's the only yeah. way for them to then provide the targeting that's going away. And that's that's the thing that's that's I think uh, people don't quite realize because now you you are giving up your private information. You are yeah. going to see more spam. You are going to see more phone calls coming in, uh, and and that's sort of the, the unfortunately what people don't realize is that um, it ends up hurting the frankly the privacy scenario because now these independent guys have to gather that information and you know who knows whether they're storing it properly and you know all the rest. Yeah, yeah, because when you're just cooking me, you're tracking my activity. So, and which could be That's used actually to, anonymously, really. Yeah, you could track, okay, the places I visited and stuff and the things I was interested in. And then you take me, you don't, you know, yeah, Google knows because of my account and all that who I actually am. That's but, right. That's you know, exactly right. That's because they know, guess how, guess what they have? They have your email, they have your address. Yeah. So they right. have all that information. And you're, you're right. And so the, the way that you can only way you can address the targeting is you're going to have to collect more of that type of data, which then de-anonymizes uh, the, the environment. So and it creates a whole other set of problems. But it's, you know, it's what's going to have to happen. Either that or they're going to say, well, you can't see my website with antique cars unless you register and pay a fee. And I'm going to have to monetize you directly because I can't get the dollars from the ad spend anymore because third party cookies are going away and all my advertisers are going to Google.
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the problem would be, so Google's fine, Facebook's fine, but if you were running, you know, buying ads directly off of a site or something, you have a problem. Like I know a big site like ESPN, um, they sell, they do both, you know, so they have Google ads, but then they also, you can buy direct advertising and stuff, you know, through the site, in which case now they're a big company, of course, Disney and everything, you know, so they can still collect the kind of data you need, you know, cause they can, you know, potentially, but a smaller advertiser that is, they're not running ads. They're allowing the ads to be displayed and purchased through them. Yeah, you know, I think, yeah. Um, some of the smaller, you know, news sites, newspaper publishers, things like that, you know, which often sell advertising directly, you know, they, they're not going to have the option, you know, they're not going to be able to collect the kind of data that they need because they're not going to be able to build up enough of it. Well, you know, I, I wrote a piece, I think a year ago or something about impacts of the cookie-less world. And, you know, aside from the Googles and Facebooks, there are big media conglomerates, you know, uh -huh. the Gannets and the Googleses yeah. and the, you know, you the Warners and different companies like that that have new, multiple web properties. Um, yeah, they and, can collect it. And they're collecting it. And some of them are ahead of others in terms of their sophistication around data, around gathering data, uh -huh. around cleansing data, around yeah. validating data, and around enriching data. And so they're, they're, they're slowly catching up. The smaller guys are the ones that are going to get really hurt by all this. And, and yeah. frankly, the advertisers and brands that are trying to effectively spend their media dollars. And there are tools coming out that are addressing it, both for the publisher as well as the brand. You know, the big brands themselves can act as mini media companies in terms of their gathering mm -hmm. of data, in terms of their targeting of ads, in terms of their personalization. Yeah. Um, and But it does, you know, all of this puts more emphasis on data technology to effectively address the needs of the market. Yeah, like I say, if you've got size and, you know, and resources, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's, like I say, but the cookie, you know, having cookies in the world, you understand like much better why it was a benefit. Like I say, it could track me, it could see where I was going, the things I was interested in. Then it could take and put me into all these different buckets of this advertiser is trying to attract you know, trying to advertise to these types of people, you fall into this bucket because you went and did, you know, these things and stuff. So we think you fall, you know, you fit here as well as a bunch of other places and such. And it's harder to do that now because they got to, you know, it's now got to be collected directly and that's only going to happen so much. So for, for big brands, sure. But smaller ones are going to have, they're, they're going to struggle with it a little bit until it's sorted out. It's good that there's tools that are coming out to help them, but it's still, there's a cost to that too, even using those tools. You know, the direct costs and indirect both. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So are we going to like, like I mentioned early on, it's, you know, I prefer if I'm going to get an ad, um, you know, I want something that's relevant anyway, you know, so are they going to have trouble, uh, trouble with personalization and stuff on these things? Because, you know, it's like, you know, you can only collect, you know, what if you can't collect a lot of that first party, like the upfront data, because I'm not willing to give it up. Yeah. Uh, so I think um, if you're not, you know, first of all, I think, you know, publishers and brands, there's a transparency factor that builds trust with the, with the end consumer or the visitor, if you will. I think that's first and foremost. Some people are just going to say, nope, don't want my data out there. And I think that prerogative certainly needs to be provided. Um, the publishers and brands can use, you know, CDPs, if you're familiar with the customer data platforms or customer audience platforms, 
is a real key factor, whether you're a publisher or a big brand that has many different web properties, because these technologies allow you to centralize the data. And that is critical because whether you're a media publisher with many different properties or you're a brand with many different websites, uh, you're gathering data from many different places. Mm -hmm. And the key thing is to centralize it in one location, uh, right. to cleanse it, make sure it's, you know, there's all sorts of bad data errors, data entry errors, it's not valid data, uh, duplicate records. You know, you got Bob Smith in one database, Rob Smith in another, it's the same mm -hmm. person. Uh, and these CDP platforms allow you to centralize the data, which is critical to maximizing its value because now you can enrich it for those people who didn't, you know, so if you don't have, um, you know, demographic characteristics because of the content where the data was gathered, you can enrich it with third-party data assets, demographic data. Mm -hmm. You've got the rights to the first-party data. You're enriching it with this wealth of insights that allows segmenting and targeting for activation if you're the brand or for targeting if you're the publisher. So you're centralizing it, cleansing it, enriching it to be able to deliver the inherent value to the end advertiser. And not only that, if you don't centralize the data, it's impossible to manage consent because yeah. everybody has a right to say, delete my data. But if you've got one database over here, you're saying to the brand, delete my data, they got to delete it everywhere. <laughs> How are you going to do yeah. it centralized in one location? So the, the, the customer data platforms and these solutions, we work with a number of them uh, that take advantage of some of our technologies on this journey. And they really, it, it's to me a, a real big uh, factor we're going to see more and more to address some of these issues. <laughs> That's a, an interesting point you make. Okay, so I've opted in over here to say I accept and then I do it over here, but then later I come back on this platform and I say, delete my data. I don't want you to have it. But then I opted in over here and really they're the same entity. <laughs> so you just well, that's called identity resolution. And so Cash, if you if you've gone to one uh, interface with one website and you've put your name in there via form and it's Cash Miller, and you've gone to another website by the same publisher or same brand. And this time you entered your email address, not your name, and your email is cmiller at what, what, pick, your, pick your domain. Mm -hmm. Well, you're the same person. In one case, it's your name, Cash Miller, with some, some other attributes. In the other, it's cmiller at you know, Gmail or what have you. Yeah. Well, this is what identity resolution is, is how do you determine that that's the same person, consolidate the data into a single record, uh, and now when Cash comes back to that guy and says, you know what, I don't want my data. You don't have it anymore. I don't want you to have it. You got to delete all, all trace of it. Well, how would they ever do that without uh, having the insight that that's the same person? And by the way, it's not just for deletion, but it's also for targeting. If I want, if, if you're okay with your data being in there and the publisher of the brand now wants to associate demographic characteristics so that they can either segment you in a certain way to mm -hmm. provide you with the right product offer or segment you because an advertiser wants to reach an impression if you're a publisher, uh, you know, you got to be able to centralize that data to do that enrichment of demographics. All of this speaks to the complexities around data the around it, <laughs> and how do you get better? If you look yeah. at the Googles and Facebooks, they are, they are data companies, they're technology companies. Yeah. They started at that and became advertising behemoths or platforms versus the publishers and other brands, they're not, they don't have that level of data expertise. And that's what's gonna to have to happen to address all spectrums of these issues is entities we're gonna to have to embrace data technologies. And, you know, you can see to, to the point you made about rising costs, you know, it's because of all of that kind of stuff that has to go on. Exactly. You know, if you're, if you're getting rid of, you know, it all takes 
people or you know systems to be able to make it happen just to you know get rid of somebody from the system and everything that right now wasn't necessarily required you know <laughs> yeah, yeah so i can see why the cost the cpm cost would end up going up because of that you know yeah it's okay. interesting yeah it's very interesting i mean if the cpm cost goes up your variable cost goes up yeah there may be a cost to offset that if you do it with your own first party data using data technologies the difference is that's generally a fixed cost, not variable. So you might have a bit of investment to take advantage of the tools, but you're not having that constant increase in media spend. So uh, it's a good ROI analysis to determine whether well, are you paying more in the long run on an increase in variable CPM cost, or do you invest in a little bit of data technology tools on a fixed basis or at a lower cost and get hmm. that benefit over time? Yeah. Huh. Okay. So you know we're right at the end here. I want you to pull out your crystal ball. Okay, and I want you over the next couple of years, because this has been like we've been almost like in this weird limbo state for a couple of years now, you know, where the changes are happening, but some are, you know, they've happened, they don't happen, they get delayed and stuff. Fast forward a little bit. Where do we end up? What does it look like down the road that it'll settle on that will be, you know, the what, what, are, what will the world of data look like? So I think that... Um... It's gone a long ways from the beginning of the internet when it, it was just raw and it was targeting based upon content, you know, cookies and other technologies have evolved tracking attribution. Mm -hmm. I, I think in a few years, you'll see um, simpler and easy to use data tools that the broader, you know, broader companies with, with lower budgets can access and get some of the same benefits. Yeah. I think things will stabilize around privacy uh, in terms of, um, it not being so fluid and in, in, in what guidelines are that everyone needs to adhere to because it's as it's evolving, it's hard to kind of, you know, it's like the land's moving underneath you. How do you get stable, right? I think things will stabilize. They did that in Europe, you know, kind of went through this period of, of unrest and then things stabilize. And then from there, you got a platform where you know what the rules are, you know what the guidelines are, and now you can navigate within those guidelines to achieve the results and benefits you're going to want to see. So I think things will stabilize around the fluidity around privacy. Data technologies will further evolve. And in fact, they will accelerate in their evolution because now they'll have more certainty in what boundaries they have to operate within, what problems they're going to need to solve within the new environment. You know, I don't think you're going to see a dramatic, you know, radical change. It's just, it's too big of a, you know, impact you know in terms of the benefit of the internet so i think that's what's going to happen i think we'll, we'll stabilize here in a year or two and then things will kind of get a little bit back on track and uh, companies will be around to address the needs of the market based upon that new you know sort of stable foundation yeah it's creating new opportunities for data specific type companies to come along with tools that people can use and stuff so you know like i say whenever they make one massive change you know it's tends to open up things for other people, you know, to be able to take advantage of it. You now, Chris, is, this has been great. How would people, you know, what's your website? How would people get a hold of you and such? Because, you know, you guys are totally data centric. Yeah, we'd love to talk to anybody about any of these issues, problems. We've got a whole suite of tools that benefit, uh, very affordable from uh, small businesses to very large businesses work with us. It's Versium, V as in Victor, E-R-S-I-U-M as in Mary.com. Uh, anybody can reach me at cmatty, M-A-T-T-Y, C-M-A-T-T-Y at Versium. Uh, we'd love to chat with folks, uh, continue this conversation, maybe talk a little bit more specifically about some of the tools we deploy 
uh, within all of this environment and topic to uh, benefit agencies and their brands. Okay. Well, this has been another great episode. We've been talking data, the changes that are happening and going to continue to happen. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Thank you for joining us.